the Encompassing Podcast, a show where two lifelong friends talk about things that lifelong friends talk about. I'm Barrett. This is Pearson, and we are on episode seven. Episode How's it goes. It is a beautiful Thursday. A little chilly this morning. Um, so, nevertheless, uh, nice and sunny here where we're at, and went to classes and bored myself to death half the time. But I'm back. I'm ready. And I'm just ready to talk about, just chillax and talk, man. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, I I watched Encanto two nights ago, the Disney movie. Okay. I, I, I don't know how old that movie is, but, but my girlfriend, she was like, hey, you know, let's watch Encanto. I haven't seen Encanto yet. Okay. And it has been stuck, in, like every song has been stuck in my head. For the past two days, it, it it hasn't stopped. So it was released in 2021. That's the one that talks about this. The that we don't talk about Bruno, right? Is that that one? We don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, that's all I know. I'm not seeing it either. Well, so my girlfriend's gonna listen to this, and then she's gonna realize I haven't watched Encanto, and now I'm gonna have to watch Encanto because she's always listening to their music on in her car and stuff. Like she likes to listen to musical music. Um, right. and Encanto is one of them. So that'll be fun. I but, dude, I'm a big deal of Encanto. I'm I'm a big fan of Encanto. It's a it's a great. It's got great music. I think the music is the best is the best part about it. Well, I suspect by the next time we talk, I will have watched it. <laughs> Good luck. It's great. I cried a little. Anything else going on with you? Uh, nothing particular. I'm just just sitting around. Got nothing else to do today. I'm pretty much done for with my with my tasks. Well, uh, as we were kind of preparing, I'm gonna jump in the news. That's okay. As we were kind of preparing to talk about what we we're gonna talk about. Got some news alerts here on Thursday. So some of you may have heard earlier this uh, month, back on, I want to say it's the 7th. Is that right? Uh, yes, back on the 7th, there's a Memphis man pulled over for reckless driving, Tyree Nichols. Um, Tyree was pulled over, and then there was an altercation the initial statement said that a confrontation occurred. That's quoted confrontation court. This is all according to the New York Times. Um, and that confrontation occurred as the officers approached the vehicle. Mr. Nichols ran away, right? Um, that was the confrontation. Then there was another confrontation as they arrested him. Um, they called for an ambulance after he complained of shortness of breath. Um, in the hospital, his family released pictures of him um, unconscious, swollen, and bruised, which led to some questions about what exactly went down. So they did an internal investigation, and last week the five officers were fired after that investigation. Um, it found they in the investigation it found that they had violated department policies on excessive use of force. Um, and the Memphis Fire Department also relieved two of its duties, two of its off, uh, employees who had went and responded to the scene as well. So that's five policemen, two firefighters, all have been fired or relieved from duties, depending on how they word it in the different departments. Nevertheless, um, 
It's coming down, and here on Thursday, on the 26th, the five officers have been charged with murder, second-degree murder, and the death of 29-year-old Tyree Nichols. Um, wow. The police chief said that after he watched the body camera video that their actions – he saw their actions as, quote, a failing of basic humanity, end quote. Um, the video is expected to be released tomorrow. That'll be Friday, um, the 27th. And uh, it's going to be rough from what, from what the police chief and the family is saying. It's going to be it's going to be a doozy. It's going to it's going to spark some more debate. But um, just I, I would love to hear your thoughts. But my initial thoughts is from what I've seen, this is the most this is the best response I've seen of a police department in one of these situations in the last ever. Right. I agree. And uh, I mean, no matter what your what your stance on on police officers and and whatever it may be a man has died Mm -hmm. and it's it's you know obviously thoughts and prayers go out to to the family of the victim and i hope that those in the wrong you know i hope they put them under the jail you know to be someone whose job it is whose oath it is to protect and serve failing to do that duty it's almost worse yeah um that that is what you signed up to do it's not like you know you're a regular human being with no obligations you went into this to protect and serve and you failed to protect and serve yeah and you did the exact opposite right you caused right listen to this quote by the police chief of memphis sarah lynn davis i hope i'm saying that first name right um she says that uh, it says the, the quote from the New York Times is the police chief in Memphis, Sarah Davis, acknowledged the fury the case would like to revoke. Quote, I expect you to feel what the Nichols family feels. Quote, she said, I expect you to feel outrage. Um, which, you know, we've watched this over the last, I'm going to say the last two years. We've watched this for many years. We've watched this since basically, we've watched this since Rodney King. We've watched this since Trayvon Martin. But really, since George Floyd, we've watched this. Um, the national spotlight has become ever more ingrained on these types of cases, right? But I don't know, and maybe you can remember, but I can't remember a stronger response from police chief siding with the family almost, right? Like these guys right. messed up. They did wrong. We fired them. And I hope that you all or I expect you all to feel the same outrage this family feels. That's how bad it was. Right. It, it, it's most certainly, you know, some of the best res- responsive uh, action I've seen from from the police academy. Uh, you're you're most of the time you're going to see, you know, people protect their own. Um. So we, we've seen a lot in the past of a, you know, a police station protecting these people instead of, you know, admitting what they've done wrong. So it, it's good to see that, that they know that it is an outrage and they believe that you should also be outraged. Yeah, it's, it's, 
I, I'm sorry. I'm a little lost. I'm, I'm, I'm reading comments. Uh, David Rolish, to I hope I'm saying that last name right, the director of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, um, was calling it plain criminal. He, he's the one that uh, he was he's the director. Right. So under him, the internal investigation was happening. He said it was plain criminal. This was wrong. He said, I've been policing for more than 30 years. Uh, I'm shocked. I'm sickened by what I saw. Um, the the prosecutor that, you know, obviously these men would have worked close with police officers and prosecutors generally work kind of close together um, is I, saying that it is for sure um, criminality and that these men should be charged. And then obviously they were today. Right. Uh, uh, I guess we'll see what comes out of that case. And uh, obviously thoughts and prayers go out to the family. Yes, uh, for sure. And we we hope that justice is served. Well, so, that was uh, heavy. That was heavy. Um, but right. uh, I'll segue this. I did see one more headline that uh, the Players um, Association um, is getting like another – the, sorry, the Players Coalition – um, is going to get another $15 million grant from the NFL. So the NFL extended its partnership with the Players Coalition for five more years, and that includes a $15 million grant to address social and racial justice, which is something that this case for sure involves. Um, speaking of the NFL, um, make that segue. We had the NFL playoffs this last weekend. Um, we had the divisional round. Um which game do you want to start with? Uh, first, let's look at our predictions because it's been a it's been a minute since we made those predictions. I want to see okay. do you have those written down anywhere? I have those written down somewhere, Barrett, but I don't have this written down with me. But I do remember what we picked, so we'll be fine. We'll just start with Jaguars Chiefs. That was the um, first game played, so we'll talk about it first. Um, interesting game. I thought uh, I never kind of – it was another one of those where, you know, the final score is 27-20. But I never right. doubted the Chiefs were going to win. The entire game, it never felt like they were close to losing. Right. You had called the Jaguars uh, no. as your, you know, upset pick. No, I didn't. I, I, I remember I tried – I really wanted to, but I could not not say Chiefs. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Never so we both, I don't we both, remember. Yeah, it's okay. We both chose the Chiefs. Um and the Chiefs won. Um, again, not by a lot. I think the more interesting story out of that is not who won that game, but Patrick Mahomes' injury, right? Right. Um, it is said that he was limited. I mean, he's, a bear, he's not going to practice hardly at all this week. Um, that he may – it's looking like he's lining up to play. Um, that high ankle sprain that he suffered. His quarterback is not like a lot of mobility. I mean, he is a very mobile quarterback, but isn't necessarily a part of the job. So he right. should be able to play through it. We also watched him come back, right, in the third quarter and the fourth quarter and him play through it. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, I think the Chiefs are a good organization. They're facing the Bengals, right, who won. Yes. Uh, so, in a shocker, honestly, yeah. who won in a shocker against the Bills, who we, you had favorites. We both had favorites to we, go to the Super Bowl. Yes, we both picked the Bills in this game. We both picked the Bills to make it out of the AFC. Um, a little bit of a disappointment, right? Um, I, I am. I think I'm. I'm going to say it right now. I'm done sleeping on the Bengals. I've been thinking like last year. I was like, okay, you know, they could have a good run. 
they had a good run. And this year, I'm like, in the big matchups, I'm always like, I, I put the Bengals on like a, they can either pull it off or maybe they can't pull it off. But now I'm going to have to start seeing whether other teams can pull off the upset because the Bengals are the favorite in every game they're in from me from here on out. Um, Joe Burrow is doing something. And and the Bills GM um, being addressed this, he talking about they have it set for a few years because Burrow's on a rookie contract. Jamar Chase is on a rookie contract. And so they right. – they, they got some favorables there, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in three or four years. But, yeah, the Bengals beat the Bills 27-10. to 10. That means the Bill. where was the Bills' offense? It looked to me less about the Bengals playing a great game and more about the Bills playing a bad game. Obviously, the Bengals played well. They won the game. But to me, the more – more the more things I saw in that game were the Bills playing poorly and less of the Bengals playing good. Uh, it was obviously, you know, it was it was a game in the snow. Yeah, what in you think would Buffalo. Buffalo. Right. And it did. I've been to I've been to Buffalo while it's snowing. <laughs> um, being where I'm from, actually it was sleeting, being where I'm from. It was not fun. It's yeah, cold. It's, it's a big difference. Um, yeah, and, but the I mean the Bengals deal with snow, but to to this degree, you would think the Buffalo had the advantage. It was home field; they were ready to go, and, right? And they just came out flat. That I, I think that's the best way I can describe it is they came out flat. Um, Josh Allen had just over fifty percent, fifty percent completion percentage. Um, he threw for 265 yards, zero touchdowns, only one interception. Um, right. I, I, I will note there was one big thing about Josh Allen that uh, stands out when I'm looking at the box score is he only rushed for 26 yards. When was the last time you saw Josh Allen only rush for 26 yards? Right, and that might have had something to do with the snow. Obviously, it's slick. These fields, you know, it, it's quick. It's quick ACL tear material and I I was telling my buddy who I was with watching that game I was like there somebody is going to tear an ACL this is a playoff game it's going to be hard fought the the field slick the logo slick it's going to be tough um and there's not they're not going to be able to do as much of what they do especially like like Josh Allen running the ball um, you know, it, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I agree to you to a point, but normally when it's cold and it's windy like that, right, they do less throwing, do more running. Guess who the Bills, how much the Bills leading rusher had in yards? Uh, I'm not sure. What, I'll tell you, what are we it was at? 26. It was Josh Allen. Devin, really? Devin Singletary had 24 and James Cook had 13. They couldn't run. Wow. The, they couldn't run the ball at all. And then obviously their passing wasn't the best. Um, Stefan Diggs obviously wasn't a major factor. It he was targeted ten times. Now, I know some of those are throwing balls away, but he was targeted ten times. Only called four of them. Um, I'm not saying that he dropped a lot or he missed, but it was just it just wasn't clicking for the Bills. Where the Bengals, on the other hand, had a hundred yard rusher in Joe Mixon. Um, and Joe Shiesty came out firing, right? Uh, right, he played well. 
66 something percent completion, um, 242 yards, two touchdowns. The running game was there. The passing game was there. A lot more effective. Uh, so I, I mean, it was it was a game. Uh, Bengals made it out of alive, so they will face the Chiefs in the so AFC Championship. Let's go ahead and talk about that game and go ahead and call that game since we just broke down those two teams pretty well. The Chiefs, and we're going to see an injured Patrick Mahomes, but we're seeing an actually kind of interesting Chiefs defense that's been better than years past. But we're seeing a Bengals defense that I love, and we're seeing a Bengals offense. I don't know how you can stop them. Um, who are you going with? It'll be played in Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. The Bengals are calling that Burrowhead now because Joe Burrow is 3-0 against the Chiefs, including in the playoffs. Um, who do you got, Bengals or Chiefs? This is going to be tough because I've never had two teams that I wanted to lose both play each other. Um, I don't care for either of these teams, to be honest with you. Um, okay. It doesn't matter. Definitely would have wished it. Who do you think will win? I'm, I'm doing my best to, to think of a, of a situation. So, you know, I, th- I think I'm going to go Bengals. I'm going to go Bengals, beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, uh, Arrowhead. and advance, to, advance to, the, to the Super Bowl. Um, I agree. I think – now, what I've called it at the beginning of the year – when I've called it four weeks ago, did I call it? No, none of this. Um, I thought the Bills would be there. But I, I think that we see the Bengals back in the Super Bowl. And that's going to be wild. Because everyone right. at the beginning of the year was talking about how they would lose the AFC North. They thought the Ravens would be better. They thought the Steelers would be better. They thought the other team, the Browns, would be better. Sorry, had a brain lapse. Now, Deshaun Watson ended up not playing a lot. And he didn't play well when he did play. But they thought they'd be last or at least third. And uh, nope. They are yeah, back, the opposite. Back-to-back Super Bowl losses is going to be tough for the for the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, calling your shot? Yeah. So I, you're uh, calling an NFC champion no matter who moves on. We have an NFC Super Bowl winner. Correct. Speaking of the NFC, let's move there. giants Eagle game. Um, did you catch any of that game? The Giants Eagles? Yes. The shellacking. Uh, I, caught, I caught I caught a, a little bit of it and then at about halftime I was like, well, you know, we're good. Yeah, it was at halftime the Eagles were up 28 to nothing. They ended up winning 38 to 7. Um I we both picked the Eagles. You really wanted to pick the Giants. I talked you out of that, so you're welcome. I did. Um, I did want to pick the Giants. I uh, thought the Eagles would choke. I told you to wait a week if you think the Eagles are going to choke because they're not choking against the Giants. They haven't lost to the Giants in Philadelphia in like a decade, um, and I, and it wasn't even a close game. wasn't even a close game. Right. wasn't wasn't close. Uh, it, it was. It was. I actually had a dream that the Giants blew out the Eagles in that game. And I woke up and I had to check what the actual score was because I couldn't believe it. 
Um, but but it turns out my dream was incorrect. Yeah, uh, the Eagles did win, and now they are going on to the NFC Championship to face the San Francisco 49ers, my favorites. Which was the one game we differed on. I do want to point out one more thing about the Eagles-Giants game. The Eagles had two rushers, um, mainly Kenneth Gainwell rushed for 112, and Miles Sanders rushed for 90 yards. So basically we had two 100-yard rushers. I know Miles Sanders didn't quite get there. That is impressive and a great performance in the playoffs. Jalen Hurts also did well in his first game back. Seriously. Right. Um, Then the 49ers and Cowboys. This is the game we differed on. This is the year that I, I, even though I don't want the Cowboys to win anything, I don't. I wouldn't mind seeing Dak Prescott or Trayvon Diggs win something, but I don't want to see the Cowboys win. But I thought this was the year they get their divisional round win. Um, I was like, that Cowboys defense is going to rock Brock Purdy, which I still stand by that that did happen. Um, but I said that the Dak Prescott would be calm in the face of a great 49ers defense. That did not happen. Dak Prescott threw two interceptions, which means his 206 yards receiving were uh, mitigated by that two interceptions. There was no rush. Talk about not being able to rush. Um, Tony Pollard went down early and Ezekiel Elliott rushed for 26 yards. Yeah, it was certainly disappointing. Six yards. Um, like I said, Dak Prescott threw two interceptions. But I do want to I want to look at Brock Purdy. And this is interesting if we're talking about, about NC championship. Brock Purdy was 19 for 29. That's not bad. It's about 60%, 66% um completion percentage. He had zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, threw for 214 yards. Um, the running game actually wasn't as strong as you would expect, um, but Christian McCaffrey had a ton of y- had yards passing and, or sorry, receiving and rushing. George Kittle had the best game of that whole receiving core. Score was nineteen to twelve. 49ers won. You called it. Congratulations, Barrett. You won last week. We're good. Uh, this week is is going to be different. We only have two two games to pick, and I know who you're going to pick for the NFC, and I know who I'm going to pick for the NFC. Well, we've already picked the AFC. We both picked different. the Bengals. We both picked the Bengals. Did you pick the Chiefs? No, 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 no. They're going to be different for the NFC. Oh, oh, I see. I see, I see. Um, can, I, can I mention one more thing about the Cowboys before we move on? Yes, yes. Did you see the final play? Uh, I'm sure where, I saw where they had passing. Ezekiel. Well, they had Ezekiel Elliott line up under at center, center when they were going to try to run their lateral play, and he threw the ball, and the guy got immediately popped, and they right. weren't able to run any lateral play. This is the second year in a row that the Cowboys have faced the 49ers in the divisional round and screwed it up. You remember last right. year, Dak Prescott ran and slid, and they couldn't get the ball spiked in time. Yeah, but I remember that. I thought last year's was actually a better call than this year's. This year's might have worked. Like, you spread out your guys. You get more blockers. You already have to spread out the field for a lateral anyway, so get go ahead and do that. But you got to you gotta get the ball off. You got to get it to where it works. Um, you're just putting Ezekiel Elliott's health on line. But anyways, so Eagles are playing in Philadelphia, and the visiting team will be the San Francisco 49ers, who everyone at the beginning of the year not really sold on and – 
especially after Trey Lance went down. After Trey Lance, I'm like, no, Jimmy G ain't got it. And then I am a Jimmy G fan. Then Jimmy G goes down. It's like they really ain't going to have it. No matter the fact that all their – that Debo's back, Kittle's back, they got McCaffrey, defense looks good. They don't have it. Brock Purdy comes in and is currently what? Aiden O is a starter? Him and Christian McCaffrey are both undefeated since they have they have started. It is wild. Um, so you think that that trend continues? I believe that that trend continues in historic fashion. Brock Purdy becomes the first rookie to make it to the Super Bowl and becomes the first rookie to win the Super Bowl. As a quarterback? And the first, yes. Sorry, yes. first rookie um, quarterback. No, 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 yeah. Um, I think that'd be interesting. You know what makes it even more interesting is what we all know at this point was Brock Rick, Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. He was a 262nd pick of – 262nd pick of the draft. He was the very last pick. He almost had to like do the whole like I'm a free agent. Please sign me to your practice squad type deal. He got a he got a break. You know, Tom Brady always talks about, you know, you can work your butt off, but when you get that break, you better put it all out there. And he's done it. Um regardless of yes. whether or not. Yes. Regardless of whether or not they win this game against the Eagles or win the Super Bowl. He will get playing time somewhere. Well, and it's been said the 49ers have basically came out and said, um, unless Trey Lance takes a major step forward or Brock Purdy takes a major step back, Brock Purdy's the future of the San Francisco 49ers. They said that. And basically, it looks like they're going to look at possibly trading Trey Lance if that, if it kind of uh falls out falls into where Brock Purdy's still doing well next year and he wins a few games, right? He's still producing. They'll they've considered trading Trey Lance, um, trying to get something for him. Um, and then Jimmy G will also probably leave for a new contract. So oh Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant. He is Mr. Very Relevant right now. And and you think they he, you think they win the NFC championship. I think they win the NFC Championship, and further on, more, I I think they win the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if it's Chiefs or Bengals; they win the Super Bowl. Regardless, yes. Wow. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I think the Eagles win, and, and and I'll be honest with you, Barrett. I'll be honest with you. Um, it's not a clear decision in my mind. The only thing that makes it clear is I chose the Eagles to be in the Super Bowl at the very beginning of the year. So the fact that I could be right about that is really cool um i think the eagles have a just as good of a chance i like aj brown like Devontae smith dallas goddard miles sanders even though i wouldn't take him from you in fantasy this year which i don't think proved to be a mistake i still finished higher than you but um we both were bottom of the league right um miles sanders is good jalen hurts is good one of the best lines in the country and the arguably the second best defense. Um, the only defense that I would say is better is the 49ers defense. Did you see the stat? So I was watching the Eagles Giants games. The Eagles have had 70 sacks this season. That was wow. 15 more than the next team. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They can get at that quarterback. If they can get a Brock Purdy, I think uh 
I think it'll be an interesting game. I think the Eagles win, and we'll, we'll do something. <coughs> I think the Eagles win by – I think it's a close game. I think the Eagles win by, like, four or five. Uh, I think the 49ers win by two touchdowns. Two touchdowns? So you're just doing it just to be controversial? How, how much the Bengals win by? Uh, Bengals win by uh, last-second field goal. I'm, I was going to say seven. I think they went by one touchdown. Um, I don't think it ever feels close, though. I think after the second half, we're like, the Bengals got it, and they went by one touchdown. But last second field goal is an interesting, be a fun game to watch. Well, that's NFL. Um, I will say uh, we, college basketball, right? right? We haven't talked much about college basketball um, recently, and uh, but Alabama fan here. And uh, we're number two. We're ranked number two. Kansas lost twice. A blue blood that was ranked number two lost twice in one week. Fell down to like 14. What's going on in Kansas? Um, you said you keep up with uh, college basketball a little bit. Who who do you like that you've seen? What's a team you like? Sorry, they fell down. Kansas fell down to nine. What's a team you like uh, that you see? So this is an interesting story. I, I didn't watch college basketball besides March Madness uh, for until last year. And last year, uh, my roommate was an Alabama fan. And so he forced me to watch every single Alabama basketball game. And so I, I sort of just picked Alabama basketball to watch. Uh, I, I watched them. Uh, I was upset with everybody when – J.D. Davidson declared for the NBA draft because everybody knew he shouldn't have done that. Um, but regardless, uh, I've been watching them. I think they're doing a pretty good job. So you like you, – you, you're – I guess you – so you watch more Bama than anybody else. Right, yeah. Um, as a Bama fan, uh, I, I, Bama's l- – l- Look, the most complete. Um, I don't want to say the most complete team because you said that about the Bills like seven times and the Bills lost. So I don't want to jinx it like that in case that's a, <laughs> that's a curse or something. I think Bama's one of the most full teams we've seen um, in the SEC in a while. And I'm interested to see if they can finish up the year strong and possibly, possibly go all the way. They still have to face Tennessee at one point. They still have to face Auburn twice. Um, Auburn lost last night to Texas A&M. Um, who A&M had only won, like, um, A&M isn't, yeah, they're not good. Sorry. I was trying to see, it was Mississippi State that's only won, like, one or two SEC games. Um, right. Nevertheless, A&M's not good. They beat Auburn. But I think Auburn's still kind of a competitive, good basketball team. They got a good program. So, um, it'll be interesting to see Bama has to face them twice. Bama has to face Tennessee, who's number four. So that'll be interesting as well. Purdue still rocking it out as number one. I say still rocking it out. They just moved up to number one after Kansas dropped. And they really don't have any challenges left because the rest of the Big Ten is uh, not good. Not good. Much like um, football as well. Um, you know, you got one good Big Ten team, the rest of them. No, I would argue. Good. I mean, the Big Ten had two representatives in the college football playoffs this year. So I don't know if you could say we got at least two good teams. Uh, yeah, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, usually most years you got 
one big team, 10 team that's doing very well. And the rest of them that are kind of not doing, uh, not doing so hot. Ohio state most of the time being that team. Yeah. Uh, in two recent more, years, two more pieces of sports and then we can move on to our bracket. Um, we talk, uh, today we've been talking about NFL head coaching jobs. Um, we have two hires in the NFL today. One's on a head coaching job. One's an offensive coordinator for the Jets. Did you see that Nathaniel Hackett got hired as the OC for the Jets? Yes, I did see that. So, And I, I also saw the other one. So, Yeah. Okay, we'll get to that one in a second. So the OC for the Jets now is Nathaniel Hackett, who obviously was at Denver this year, um, had a bad season but when he was in green bay he was good as an oc he's um a good so maybe he'd go there and the jets had to figure out a quarterback don't get me wrong unless they're going to stick with mike white which looking success of brock purdy maybe mike white's the way to go like an underdog type story but right they got to figure out a quarterback but other than that it's a good solid team over there um from running back to receiver to linebacker i mean cj mosley um made a was it all, all uh is it called all-star no pro bowl yeah all, yeah and he made the he made the pro bowl like you got some good talent on that team got sauce gardner back there garden your number one receiver that you're facing um so right uh i think if nathaniel Hackett can come in and they can get a good qb the team is going to be competitive the problem is they're with the bills they're with bill belichick and the patriots and they're with the dolphins who again also look good um, the other hiring that you alluded to was your ex Colts head coach, Frank Reich, who was let go in the middle of the season for Jeff Saturday, um, was hired by the Panthers. So Frank Reich has tied to Carolina. He used to be a Carolina's QB. Um, if not, was he the first QB in Carolina? Uh, I'm not sure, but I hope Carolina likes screen passes on third and 97. Well, I don't know if y'all were ever in a third and 97 situation. Yeah, a bit of hyperbole there, but, uh, you know, I've, I've been browsing the Colts subreddit, obviously. And it, um, a lot of the people, uh, a lot of Indianapolis fans are, are feeling bad for the Panthers right now. Um experiencing Frank Reich, Reich as a head coach is, is an interesting experience to say the least. Um, with us, he made a few cust- uh, questionable decisions. I think y'all's problem is, um, okay. I, I think Frank Reich's a good coach. I think y'all need a different style of coach. I also would feel like your GM is conservative. When you oh, when absolutely you're, when you're on the cusp, don't go after a old washed quarterback like Matt Ryan. I could have told you he was washed. Been a Falcons fan. Ask any Falcons fan. We could have told you. There's a reason you only trade a second round pick for him, and or maybe not even a second. Maybe it was a third. I can't remember. The second or third round pick, and we still had to pay his entire salary. It's because he's not good. It's because he's not good. You knew that when you got him. What What do you think he was going to do? You need a super. You need Aaron Rodgers. And oh God! The Packers are the Packer. One. The Packers are considering trading Aaron Rodgers to the AFC. What do you mean another one? Though that's different. Aaron Rodgers is still in this game. Matt Ryan is not. I don't want a 
I don't want. You don't want Aaron a okay, quarterback. Then, all right, we're moving listen, on. We're moving on. I would if rather. You don't listen, want Aaron Rodgers. He y'all could win the Super Bowl. I want a rebuilding. I want rebuilding. Why? I don't want. I don't want a quarterback that every single year that he doesn't win the Super Bowl, he threatens to leave. Okay, I get that, but if you could take your young, good defense, still one of the best defenses in the league this year, statistically, still one of the best defenses in the league, you could take Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. All you have to do is draft O-line this year and sign a QB, and you could win the Super Bowl. I would, like, I would you love. Draft, you have to draft O-line. You have to sign a QB, and you could draft a wide receiver if you want. It helped Pittman out a little bit. You got a Super Bowl. I'm telling you because you can get there now with the right QB and Aaron Rodgers type because he could take advantage of weapons like Taylor and Pittman and maybe another wide receiver that you pick up. I just want, you just want to rebuild. You I want, want to sell it all off and restart. I don't want to sell it all off, but I want a quarterback and I want to build around that quarterback well, for the future. Luckily for you, the Colts have a chance of drafting a QB this year. At, at pick number five, they could trade with the Bears. They could wait their turn. There are some talented quarterbacks. Uh, we'll, we'll have an episode devoted to the draft sometime soon. Yeah, we'll definitely do a first-round mock draft type situation. Um, but, I, I mean, you could draft a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud, and maybe that's what you do. Maybe you just draft one of those. And that's, that's your rebuilding because you got a good setup. You just need a good QB. Now, you would need no line, which means I would probably draft Stroud. He's a little bit more mobile than Young um, right. if you can't rebuild your line quick enough. But you could maybe sign some O-line in this offseason. We've returned to NFL. This was not our goal. Frank Reich is the head coach of the Panthers. One more piece of sports news before we move on to our sports-themed bracket um, is – LeBron is, I want to say, like 154 or 150 points away from becoming the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. You were telling uh, us something about the tickets for the game they expect him to pass it on? Explain that. Right. I think it's the one on on February 9th, I believe, is the game that he's expected to pass. I don't know who it's against. I feel like I read the Jazz, but look up what game they have on February 9th, and you'll see. Um, what were the tickets but going they, for? they said that tickets were already at 300 and rising. So um, February 9th, they play the Bucks, which is very interesting because you got yes. Giannis. I mean, that's a good, it's gonna be a good game no matter what. Um, and that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven game. It's the seventh game away. And if he has about 140 left, he scores 20 points a game, then yeah, that's it. Now, LeBron could easily drop a 40-piece, and it would be one less. You know, you take one off that, but interesting. Right. Or maybe – let me see this. Uh, Yeah, so I would expect him to probably not – it would be the 7th or the ninth. 7th is at the Thunder. He's in Oklahoma. They're, they're in L.A. That's when they return to L.A. from a road trip. So be interesting to, for him to do it in L.A., Um, you know, where obviously right. Kareem, Kareem did it to, to start with. So – well, are you ready for our bracket, Barrett? I am excited for our bracket. This one's going to get interesting. Um, 
Uh, you were more excited for this than I am, so I'm letting you take the lead on a lot of this. I'm going to have strong opinions, don't get me wrong, but um, this was something you were telling me about. You wanted to do the hardest position in sports. Is that how you worded it? Uh, yes, the hardest positions in the hardest position in sports. Uh, this is counting positional team sports. Okay. So it's not tennis. All it's right. not boxing. It's not UFC fighting. Not MMA. Not wrestling. This is a team sport. Uh, with with positions, with position names. All right. Well. We got a list of 16 here, and uh, I'm going to share my screen with you so you can see this. Um, that would be nice. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Um, all right, so we'll start. We can just start right up at the top if you want um, and jump right in. We have – now, I've not watched one of these sports. You know, you've been doing a little more research and a little bit more about this. Um, we got right. soccer goalkeeper. I have watched soccer. Really, I've only watched when the USA plays in the World Cup or in the Olympics. But soccer goalkeeper versus whole set, which is water polo. Uh, which is water polo. All right, explain and that to me. I'll tell you, when I was researching for this, okay, I wasn't going to put any any, like – because water polo is not a uh, not a world famous national like sport, something like football, uh, soccer, or anything like that. But I could not get through a website or an article without seeing that water polo was one of the hardest sports to play, um, so, causing you you know you have to tread water, and specifically the whole set has to set up the attack for their team. Uh, while being guarded by most often the biggest defender uh, trying to wrestle the ball away or trying to push you underwater, essentially. They can try basically try and drown you. Is that what you're – From what I read, they said that, you know, obviously you can't be drowned. Like yeah, they, they, yeah. Won't let, they, they won't let the other person drown you, but you're when you're wrestling – Yeah, you go up underwater sometimes. Yeah, wow. right. Okay, now – you know how many water polo highlights I'm going to watch after this? I'm going to have to see like I'm going to have to see how water polo works yeah. entirely. Yes. I'm surprised that you, since you you did this research I'm surprised you didn't come in having watched water polo. That sounds so interesting. How is this not I a did world watch famous a little sport? Bit. I watched a little bit of water polo. Um is it, it easy it's to... kind of like basketball soccer mixed with the uh, like basketball and soccer mixed with swimming. Is it is it like an easy sport to follow, or am I just watching like a bunch of grown men splash around the pool? I it, it seems easy to follow. It seems fairly like if you know that. Like I saw it equated a lot to basketball. Okay, you could kind of keep up with where the ball is and stuff like that. Right. Um, okay, but I, I do think that if out. I played it. If I played it, I'd probably grab the ball and put it underwater and then let it shoot up and hit the other guy in the face. I, I did, you haven't been to my house. Have you been to my house since we got a pool? That one time after we took the ACT, didn't you? Yeah. Um, so me and Keegan and Sawyer have a game. 
um, where we'll push the ball up underwater. And the only way you are allowed to move the ball is by pushing in the water and letting it shoot out. And you both have like end zones basically. And so you have to push up on the water and let it shoot out. And then when it's in the air, you're allowed to bat it. And you can also move it forward that way. And so you basically just push it down, let it shoot up and you bat it. And you're trying to, so you can't pick it up and move it, or you can't just push it across the water. You got to push it down and bat it. And, and then obviously there's a lot of wrestling involved and it's a pretty violent sport. Uh, you know, maybe that's just like uh, water polo, <laughs> but regardless in this matchup, I think I'm going to go soccer goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, I disagree. I've never seen this whole set guy, but I've been re- – again, I was just talking about my brothers, and I'm not trading water when we're doing it. We're on the shallow end. I know what it's like to be you wrestling with someone in water over a ball constantly. I feel like that's a lot more int- – I know soccer goalkeepers like lay out their bodies on line. They get hit with a ball really hard. Um, I still feel like this this whole set, and according to every website you looked at, again, agrees. It's one of the most – it's one of the hardest positions to play in sports. I will I will say this in everything that I saw, whole set was always like the sixth or seventh. All right. Where was soccer um, goalkeeper? First or second. So you played this. Give me a case for it. You played in the high school. So I played goalkeeper. Um was in track to to play goalkeeper in college uh didn't work out extenuating circumstances or whatever but um you know i went to tons of camp trained with people you know all around you know the area i'm from uh and other states and and whatnot uh it's demanding um it's a lot of uh it's a lot of guessing this is the part where I think soccer being a soccer goalkeeper is incredibly hard. Um, There are times in being a goalkeeper where your coach tells you to just guess because you're, it's a 24 by eight goal. You it's 24 feet. So let's say you're six feet. I'm absolutely not. You're close. No, I don't even know if I can say I'm, that. I'm not even close to six feet. How tall I'm shorter you? than that. I'm five nine. Oh gosh. Um, so if you're my height and want to play soccer goalkeeper, you have to be able to jump. You have to have quick reaction time. You have mm-hmm. to be able to to react well. Um, so is there a mental aspect that maybe we're not seeing in whole set as much? It, 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 I believe so. You know, it's physical, of course. Of right, I, course, water polo is is physical. Yeah, okay. So, can I ask a question? I want to make a distinction. Are we saying the most difficult to play because of its just like extreme requirements as far as athletic ability and its extreme requirements as far as its physicality, or are we saying like the toughest sport to the toughest position maybe to play well because it's just that challenging of a like, maybe this is the same think, thing. Maybe there's different. I think it's the, the best to play well because I'm not going to put a distinction on like how big you have to be, mm-hmm. right? Or how strong you have to be. Um, but I will throw in, you know, the difficulty of the position, the complexity, how easy it is to fail at this position. So um, you, you want soccer goalkeeper. 
really yeah, bad. I think soccer goalkeeper. Okay. I think it beats Holset at least. I will tell you if I disagree after watching a bunch of water polo highlights before next week. Um. All right. Next is wicket keeper versus shortstop. Now, you ever watched any cricket stuff? I have watched cricket. Okay. Uh, in fact, too. I have a I have a cricket game on my on my Xbox. That sounds fun. I guess I I've watched cricket. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh like bat uh baseball or cricket game. I mean, just in there swinging the joystick, whatever. Nevertheless. I've watched cricket just as well. Um, it is wicked. You know how hard that ball is? Yeah, I would assume. It's it's okay. like a bowling ball throwing at you. I mean, it's not like a baseball. It doesn't have like any kind of softness on the outside. Um, right. You know, they're bowling at you. It's going crazy. And the wicket keeper's the one that stands behind the wickets and is trying to like catch the – prevent the ball from just going away so people can score runs, right, by running back and forth. So they kind right. of stand behind it. It's basically like a catcher if you know baseball, except I would argue harder to do because they don't have gloves. Right. Um, I think the reaction time, the, the big thing for me is the reaction time required. Um, a lot of these sports, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of, I'm going to use the, the time you have to make a decision as a part of this, because I think in every single one of these decision time impacts Mm -hmm. the position greatly. All right. And I think you have less time to make a decision as a wicket keeper than you do as a shortstop. Okay. Well, I would disagree. Um, Wicket keeper. Cause you're, you're bowling the ball, it has to bounce once, right, before it goes. Mm-hmm. So you're reading it off that bounce, and but you can stand a little bit further back. It's almost the exact same, I would argue. The only difference is, is that they're not able to throw 110-mile-an-hour bowls when they're bowling the cricket ball. Shortstops right. are expected to react with – Let's see, it's 90 feet to a base. So if you move over, you're probably looking at like 100, 120 feet. You're, um, when you move over to your shortstop position, you're expected to react to 110 mile an hour baseball off the bat in 120 feet. I mean, that is like a second, second and a half that you were expected right. to react. You're expected to get there. And there's a lot more ground to cover, I would also say, because bowler, you kind of know where they're trying to bowl the ball to. I know sometimes it gets crazy, or if the batsman hits it and trying to field it, basically, it'd be different. But shortstop, you don't know if you're diving. You're talking about soccer goalkeeper? They're expected to cover a lot more ground, or at least attempt to cover a lot more ground than 28 feet. Right. Um, And... I have some I have some calculations somewhere that I'll save for a little bit later in this bracket. Um, but you know, I'm not huge on baseball. So this is really your pick. Um, I'll go with whatever you say. I'll you know, I'll believe you. Have, having um, watched both, having watched both, I would say shortstop is a harder position to play. Okay. Because I'll also say this. Um shortstops have to hit baseballs too it's not just fielding 
Now I know wicket keepers uh, also. I know wicket keepers also have to hit, but it is easier to hit a cricket. You can swing and miss, and it doesn't matter unless the ball hits the wickets. Of course, um, you get the big paddle. You get a bigger ball. It's easier. That's why there's a hundred something runs scored in cricket. It's easier to hit. It's also because the setup's different. I know, but it's still three outs. It's easier to hit a ball in cricket. Hitting a baseball, they say, is the hardest thing to do in sports because you're trying to hit a 95, 100-mile-an-hour baseball that has a foot and a half of break on it. Uh, it, 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 uh, this is, this is, a, uh, this is a, a distinction that we need to make. Okay. So a short stop does does every position in baseball not need to hit the ball? It does. Okay, so can we make the distinction that hitting the ball is not necessarily unique to their job? I... That is just that is just their job as a baseball player, not mm. their job as a as a shortstop. Okay. Now, if if the shortstop so, only was was supposed to hit the ball, I mean, okay. So I got a question. I'm I'm gonna take 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 where you're going. Um, if you have what what do you have on here? You have a soccer defender. Is everyone on the soccer team not asked to defend at some points? No. You got like one or two guys that aren't. They say they're forwards, right? Well, the rest well, of them, I would put I would put. Uh, the job of a soccer defender uniquely as defending and not attacking. Okay. Um, the the job of a soccer forward as mm-hmm. the job of uniquely. What are the know, people in the middle called? I'm not going to midfielders, people- but okay. Here well, I'll use so it. Better it's not like it's this. not distinct for the defender because the midfielders do that as well, right? And you would argue the midfielders have to play a part on offense and defense. I would say midfielders are harder than soccer defender. The soccer defender made your list. I'll, I'll argue this. So everybody on the soccer field has to, at some point, most likely has to throw in the ball. Okay. I would not count throwing in the ball as All a right. part of any particular thing. Because we're going to have to compare across sports. Then if I'm comparing a soccer defender to a soccer midfielder, yes. Throwing the ball, you had to both have to do it. But if I'm comparing a soccer defender to a point guard, well, they both have to throw in the ball as well. A soccer defender to a quarterback, you know, you got, yes, throwing in the ball over your head, keeping your feet planted, that's something the soccer fielder has to do. The quarterback doesn't have to do. That goes into the difficulty of his job. If you, if every time you had to throw in the ball, you threw it right in front of your feet, would you be on the soccer team? Maybe you'd be a goalie. I don't know. But like it's a part hitting is a part of it. And okay. if I, I say it this way, Barrett, because you would not be a shortstop in major league baseball if you could not hit a baseball. Okay. I'll, so, so I'll go even, with it. And not every position has to do it because pitchers don't hit anymore because we have DHs. So I would say shortstop's harder than wicket keeper, but wicket keeper's still a hard job. Um catcher versus center fielder. See now here. We're looking at a baseball catcher versus a baseball center fielder. And here's where I'm like, hitting doesn't matter because they both have to hit. So here's my question to you. I'll basically break it down like this to you. Center fielders have, you know this, you know, you've seen a baseball game. Center fielders have massive grounds to cover, right? 
if the ball is hitting the gaps. So they're having right. to ru- run huge distances. They're having to make split second decisions right when the ball's off the bat. They have to know where they're running and they have to book it at full speed, like sprint speeds. Then they have to catch it, sometimes diving, catch it, sometimes running into the wall. Versus catcher who has to be on his knees the entire game, squatted down, catching. He also has to call the game. He now the pitcher can wave him off, but he has to tell the he's calling the pitchers pitches. Um right. Which one of those two sounds more difficult to you? I'll give it to you. Uh, like I said, I'm not really a baseball person. But to me, I think – I would probably say center fielder. Okay. I, I, um, I, I would I – would, okay. I mean, that, that's easy. Um, they're both very difficult. I think they're both pretty even on my playing field. So I wanted whichever one you thought was most difficult to move forward, and that's how we do it here. Next, yeah, um, we have soccer defender versus pitcher. I'm starting to think that baseball is the hardest sport in the world. Soccer defender versus pitcher. Um, Um, I'm just gonna say this right now. I think it's I think it's pitcher. I don't even watch baseball, but I think being being able to throw, yeah, being able to throw what they throw. Yes, being able to be successful throwing the mental game. Throwing talked about the ment. Yeah, it that it's unbelievable. At 99 miles an hour for some of these guys. Some guys are topping out right. like 102, 103. Yeah. Pitcher, easy. Sorry, soccer defender. All right. Goalie versus uh, – ho- oh, sorry, hockey goalie because we did soccer goalkeeper. Hockey goalie versus point guard in basketball. Hockey goalie versus point guard in basketball. <sighs> I think I'm going to go hockey goalie on this one. Um, we're talking about reaction time. They don't have a lot. Uh, small puck going into it's a small uh, puck. The goal, but the goal's small. Right they, they, we'll, when they stand we'll in front of it that. with all when they stand in front of it with all their pads, they block like eighty percent of it. Right. Um. But point guard, you got to be able to shoot. Got to be able to pass. You got to be able to make quick decisions. But as far as like. So it requires a lot of athleticism, but as far as like a physically demanding or I would say difficult job, I don't know if that's true because a, a lot of basketball players could do it, if that makes sense. Right. Right. Um, so you want to go goalie? I think I'll go I'll go hockey goalie. All right, we'll go hockey goalie. I think it's I think it's a brutal job too. Cornerback in the NFL Football. versus basketball center. Now, I'll tell you this about basketball center. And I, if, if we're, you said earlier, we're not taking – like you have to be the certain size. And so that, that doesn't really affect. Like it's hard to do it if you're at 5'9". Yes, it'd be hard to play basketball center if you're 5'9". But there's no basketball centers at 5'9". They're all 6'7 right. plus. 6'7 is right. probably the shortest. They're all able to put the ball back. They're all able to get rebounds. They're all able to dunk. Cornerback is one of the most difficult jobs in the game. Of football. I agree. So I agree. Unless, unless we need a lot of discussion, cornerback, defending people, not knowing where they're running, having to get there, having to, you know, super hard job. I think cornerback wins this one. Uh, okay. Pretty handedly, but it, it is difficult. Both Next, we have the football center versus the scrum half. Now, scrum half, as you described it to me, correct me if I'm wrong, rugby, 
when they're doing the scrum, that's when the ball's on the ground. Everyone's kind of like huddled up right there together, right? Both teams. Right, right. And then one person basically sends the ball between their legs like a center in football hiking the ball, and the guy that gets the ball from him is the scrum half. Is that right? I agree, yes. Okay. Nah, I agree, but yes. <laughs> no, yeah, you, you can't agree with me. That's all right. There's no there's no shame here. Um, and then so they're either trying to run with it or they're trying to lateral it backwards, basically, right? Um football center, you're right there in the midst of it. You're hiking a ball and you're immediately being hit by a 250, 300 pound defensive lineman in the face. It's a hard decision. But I have my answer. What do you think? Uh, I think I'm gonna go with the uh, with the scrum half. I agree. I think it's harder. I think it's I think it's one more physically demanding. Two, I think it's more tactically demanding because uh, they do they do have to <clears throat> they do have to coordinate their team's next attack. Yeah, they got to coordinate. They got to be able to run. They have to be able to pass well they got to be able to take big hits they don't have pads on it has to be a super demanding job the last one we have is defensive tackle wait i have mess up the bracket i have hockey goalie at the end so what's the third goalie we had let me check you said soccer goalkeeper you said hockey goal see barrett this is the problem is you weren't say you were saying stuff and then i just was typing it in. You might have said goalie twice. That's all right. We could just let defensive tackle go through if you want. Uh, yeah, we'll let defensive tackle go through. Did as you have a, ho- as did you have did us. you have hockey goalie twice? Nope. Hmm. Interesting. Um, well, did it? Did we? What was your sixteenth yeah, one? Defender soccer. Uh, my sixteenth one was the whole set. Yep. Well, that's interesting because uh, I wrote. I literally wrote. I had, Soccer goalkeeper, and then I wrote hockey goalie, and then I wrote goalie. Hey, well, hey, well, good thing defensive tackle is going to get a uh, get a wonder, little buy. I'm wondering which one didn't make like which. Uh, oh wait, quarterback didn't make the list. Ah, yep. So we're going to have so, to go quarterback versus so, defensive tackle. Yeah, quarterback versus defensive tackle. Okay, I knew I messed something up. That doesn't surprise me. All right, so. Quarterback versus defensive tackle, you tell me. I think one's a lot more physically demanding, and I think one is a lot more skillfully demanding. Uh, I think it's easy for me to say quarterback. Uh, okay. You got to make a lot of decisions. You got to be able to run. You got to be able to pass. You got to be able to lose. Often your decisions are, ha- are, being ha- are being made in split seconds. Yep. Uh, I think quarterback wins this. Um, all right. Let's start back over. Soccer. I say start back over. I'm moving to the next round. Soccer goalkeeper versus shortstop. Um, talk about the same, probably very similar split second decisions. Right. Um, very similar having to dive after the ball. Shortstop have to dive after the ball all the time. Now the difference in the big difference to me is um, goalkeepers have a little bit less of a reaction time. They have less time to react. Um, goalkeepers do but shortstops have to throw the ball afterwards after making the defense they still have to throw the ball and got a hit i know you don't like that but in the same way i say hawker goalkeeper has to be able to kick the ball all the way down the field they gotta be able to punt it well so we'll talk about the uh this is this is the argument 
Okay. I've had it with so many of my friends. We're going to have to figure out a way to settle it. What is harder, blocking a PK in soccer or hitting a fastball? It's debated on the internet. It's debated everywhere. It's what it, that is probably the hardest part between both of those jobs. Yes. Um, hitting a fastball is harder. It is, is the hardest part of, you know, baseball blocking, a a penalty kick is also, you know, difficult. It says that roughly 75% of penalty kicks score. Um, now, I can't look up percentage of fastballs that are hit. I mean, I can, but it's not going to be the same type of statistics because um, like fastballs that aren't in the zone, like aren't in the strike zone, batters aren't swinging at. So that counts as like them not hitting it, but that's not really in the spirit of what we're trying to do, right? Um, right. So uh, I, I will say 75%. You're only blocking 25%. That's hard. But I'll say this to you. You talked about fastball in particular, but I'm going to break it out into the whole array of pitches because that's what we're doing with shortstop um, trying to hit. To have a – if you have above a 250 average in the MLB, you are above average. Let Let me look up average batting average MLB. The average batting average is 250. So if you're an, so I don't know how to tell you, if you're an average, if you're an above average goalkeeper, you block more than 25% of the shots. If you're an above average shortstop, you hit more than 25% of the balls. So in my mind, it's almost dead even. Right. So do we take PK and fastball out of it? If we take PK and fastball out of it, shortstops win. Why do you think so? Because the goalie now longer has the advantage of saying, but my shortstop – or sorry, my reaction time has to be so much quicker because the ball is coming from farther away generally. I know sometimes there are shots inside the box, but it's not as set up. It's limited because you have other defenders down there, all the above, right? So the reaction time or the area you have to cover is lessened because you have other defenders – covering other parts um shortstop the defense of shortstop becomes harder than the regular defensive goalie also can i just say this the amount of times a shortstop has to field a ball per game per 90 minutes is infinitely more than the amount of times that a goalie has to stop the ball not infinitely but it's a lot i i don't know about that how many I, times I, the goalie like, gets? Like how, how, how many times a professional goalkeeper got to stop a ball? I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like I, don't be I, 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 I remember watching them on like FIFA, when we were, not FIFA, <laughs> in the World Cup. I meant the World Cup. Um, what you're like? Uh, I mean, they're only getting like eight or ten shots that are on goal. Shortstops, I guess, maybe eight or ten balls come at them. I. It's such. It, it, I'll pull out what I have because I knew that we were going to – well, I thought that we were going to have to 
have a matchup between hockey goalkeeping and soccer goalkeeping. Um, so I pull like, so a hockey, hockey is a three inch puck. Uh, it's a 72 inch by 48 inch area. Um, so like area of like 3,456 inches, <laughs> if I did my math correct. You said for hockey or soccer? This is for hockey. All right. Give me your um, things again. Give me your dimensions. Uh, 72 inches by 48 inches is the is the hockey goal. Okay. So yeah. That's 3,456. Um, square um, inches squared. Yeah. But I mean, you're not really determining it that way. You're looking at right. basically feet. And so you're looking at six feet and four feet and six, you're looking at 24 feet squared. Right. Um, soccer is, I put it in, I put soccer in inches as well. Okay. Uh, but it's, but it's, eight, it's eight, it's eight foot by 24 foot, but I have a uh, 288 inches by 96 inches. Yeah. It's you go from 24 inch, you go for 24 feet squared to 192 feet squared. Um, let let me let me do this. I'll do this for you. How how much average distance does a shortstop have to cover? And I think that will I mean, we can kind of compare. Um, it, this is going to be one of the hardest things to search because I don't know how easy this is. All right, how do you how do you search this? Um, yeah. You have to throw. The throw to first base, you have to throw from 85 to 130 feet every time you feel to play. Um, that doesn't help me know. Okay, so here it is. It says visualizing shortstop range. Uh, grounders measured between um, 1.25 seconds and 2 seconds from the time it was hit to the time it was either fielded or reached the outfield grass. So they're having to make under a two second decision. Um, right. Okay. So when the ball is at zero, when it's hit right to them, they get it almost a hundred percent of the time. Right. So the graphic right. looks like when it's 10 feet away, they're still fielding it about 90%. Um, when it's 20 feet away, they're still fielding it about 75%. When it's 30 feet away, they're fielding it about 35%. And when it's 40 feet away, it's fielding about 10. So um, they're still covering tons of ground. Like, so you're basically expected to cover 20 feet to either side right. of you. And a hockey, a soccer goal is only, you said 24 feet or 28 feet? It's 24 feet. So it's 12 feet. On, on either, either side, side of you, and short eight stops. foot high. Yeah, well, uh, and and shortstops have to get balls in the air too. It's not just ground balls; they're expected right. to dive after ones in the air. So you're basically looking at the same range, but you're trying to get them to cover twenty feet. Now it's different because you also, if they can cover thirty or forty, you say yes. Where soccer goalies don't have to. I think shortstops harder. If the ball's faster, the ball's smaller. The same physicality is required. Less reaction time if we take off PKs. 
don't, I know, I, just, I, know I don't agree. You don't want to put shortstop through because you don't watch baseball and you played goalkeeper, but that doesn't mean that goalkeeper's harder. I think, in my opinion, I think goalkeeper is the hardest position in all of sports. You only think that because that's the one position you played. No, I played other positions as well. That's just from what I've from what I've researched over you know my time and researching things like this. Mm-hmm. We we've, we've I think it's the hardest position in sport in right. sports by far. It's basically saying everything I find is soccer and goalie are pretty much the exact same. Not as far as difficulty, but literally each soccer and goalie, a shortstop and goalie. My bad. Um, shortstop and goalkeeper are the same. Like they are for what they are. Like a shortstop is a goalkeeper for baseball, and a goalkeeper is a shortstop for soccer. The only difference is one has a much bigger ball to try to hit. Man, I really wish that we had some sort of tiebreaker. Well, our tiebreaker normally is just to wait, but I don't feel like this one's going to change. But I do say we go through the rest of the bracket real quick. We've been on this one for forever. Yeah, center we'll fielder, go ahead and do the other one. Center fielder versus pitcher. I think it's pitcher. I think, I think it's pitcher. All right. That was an easy one. Hockey goalie versus cornerback. I think cornerback is harder. I think cornerback is harder. Yeah. You get more range you have um, to cover. And uh, like yeah, I said, yeah. hockey goalies, uh, hockey goalies, I mean, their goal is like really small. Yes, they have to deal with like it's harder. Hard. It's hard. Like faster. It's but, difficult, yeah. but you know, I think cornerback's harder. Um, scrum half versus quarterback. In my mind, it's scrum half because it's the quarterback, but with physicality. I think it's scrum half as well. Okay. That was easy, but it gave us no Can- time to. <laughs> Can do we want, do – let's do cornerback versus scrum yeah, half. Yeah, we'll do we'll, – we'll run it all the way through on that end. Cornerback versus scrum half. Who you got? Cornerback versus scrum half. Man, I think cornerback is more is, – is more mentally I – think, I think it's more mental. I think scrum half is more physical. I would agree, but also would say quarterbacks have to tackle people. Um, and against, you know, we talk about diving after balls. They're having to dive after because they're always behind, you know, the, 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 the normal thing is they're not knowing the route. Right. So they're a little bit behind trying to play on the route. Right. So they're having to dive after balls and they're, it's a pretty physical thing. Um, I would, I would say, Oh, scrum half is hard though. Um, man. I would say cornerback because cornerback you're playing it ever you're playing it half the game scrum half I don't know if you're playing scrum half half the game I know you're still playing that similar position but once you get the ball and if you make a decision to hand it off or whatever to run your play or your offense it's like quarterback you're now getting rid of it right and it's not necessarily reliant on you to win cornerback you're playing the entire game and you can't let people be wide open right you agree uh, yes. So All we'll right. go cornerback. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. Do we think both soccer goalkeeper and shortstop are harder than pitcher? Do I think soccer goalkeeper and shortstop are harder than pitcher? Yes. Yes. 
Okay. Do we think they're both harder than cornerback? Um, because you still have to hit or you have to do PKs. Yeah. Yes. So okay. one of these is going so, to ride the run the gamut. So we have two people or, or two two positions. Mm-hmm. What do we say put it in we but we both put it on an Instagram poll. Let people vote on it. Whoever gets the most votes. Okay. So we'll announce it next week. I, so I've, I've, I do have one question. If we're going to do an Instagram poll, if I get 10 responses and you get 20 responses, we need to count actual responses, not percentage of and add our percentage together or averaging them, right? We need to count the like actual that. response. I mean, like and I, Instagram, I've never done an Instagram poll, but Instagram polls tell you how many number each vote got votes, right? Not, right. not just percentage. Okay. Yes. I, and, you know, I think I have more Instagram followers than you. Uh, like, that doesn't really matter. But, like, like if we're going to, whatever we're going to do, you know. Just do the 24 hours. Um. So, uh, let's go. Uh, we'll post it right after this. And then, obviously, the this, this story runs out in 24 hours. And uh, it doesn't matter who has any more Instagram followers because I think people are smart. And and also, we live in America, so that'll help me out a little bit, too. <laughs> but a lot of people like a lot of people know goalkeepers a hard job. Um, right. Now, you can't persuade any. You can't go and tell anybody to go vote. Yeah, this the only thing you could do. Just you post, post on your story. You say black, black screen, and it says yep. in white text, "What is better, or which is harder, soccer goalkeeper or shortstop?" Question mark, and in the poll, which says, you could say goalie and shortstop in the poll. Okay, yep. that's and, that's it. And we'll come we back next. We'll come back next week. We'll let you know which one's harder, and then uh, they'll move on to the tournament of champions that'll happen at some point. Right, man. So that was that was tough all around. Um, we didn't even come to a conclusion. Um, we will we'll have a conclusion by next week. This will probably end up being uh, posted tonight, which means tomorrow, Friday, the twenty seventh. If you're listening to this, go look us up on Instagram real quick. If you're if you know us, go look us right. up. If you know us, yeah. go look us up, and you can uh, do it. If you don't know us, then thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Tell your friends. Yeah, and keep listening. Keep listening, because you'll find out next week which is the harder position in sports, definitively, according to our friends and family, soccer goalkeeper versus shortstop. They'll move on to face such giants as Pol Pot and Salt and Pepper. Yes, and we will see you guys next week. All right.